My goal was to develop a vocabulary that everybody understood and everybody related to. You know, as we talked about servant leadership, everybody, after a while, everybody understood what that meant. It was about how you treat yourself and how you treat others. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for the first in our series of conversations around servant leadership. I want to set some context around this series for all of you. For anybody who's been at Salon here for a number of years, you know that we've been on a bit of a servant leadership journey here and really adopting a leadership philosophy, which is about our responsibility as leaders to be in service to others. And that is is rooted in the Servant Leader book by James Autry that we shared with everybody and the number of presentations that we've been working on. We've talked about servant leadership elements as part of our giant leadership development program. And so the conversation has been alive and well here at Selen. And again, as a reminder, servant leadership at Selen is this notion that all of us as leaders, our primary responsibility is to help people that we are leading become their most effective and impactful selves in alignment with the purpose of the of the company. That is really rooted in leaders needing to understand the importance and how to build high trust relationships with the people on their team in order to help them become their most effective and impactful selves. And we talk about doing that for people, not just in their work life, but in their whole life. And we want folks to really genuinely be uh, better people by virtue of having worked at Selen. Um, and so we need to be thinking about their entire life experience, not just their performance at work. So we're trying to create some tools along the way to help continue the conversation, to talk about some examples, and to share with all of you what that looks like in practice. And so this video series is intended to be at one of those tools. And it's my hope that as we push these out, it will create an opportunity, a little bit like a book club, for you and your team to decide when you're going to watch the video. You can do it alone or together. But I hope more importantly that you gather after that and talk about what you heard, um, what resonates for you, places where you see that type of leadership alive and well at Selen and other places where maybe we need to shore it up a bit. Um, but these videos are intended to be a tool for you and your team to have a conversation around servant leadership. We're going to have a kickoff with Howard Bihar, who's been a great friend and mentor to me and is a real uh, leadership disciple with, with in service to others. And then we're going to do a series of videos after that, each one about the five ways of being. So one around being authentic, one around being vulnerable, one on being accepting, one on being present, and one on being useful. So we'll have a kickoff series. We'll have five um conversations around each of those ways of being, and then we'll probably have a little wrap-up piece. So what you can expect going forward is um, a series that hopefully sparks conversations around the company and keeps this conversation going. So that's what this is all about, and I'm glad you uh, spent a few minutes to tune in today. Thanks. I remember early on in my conversations with Howard when I was getting ready to take over the reins as CEO, we were talking about some of the things I wanted to achieve. And uh, it was Howard who said, you know, based on what you are describing to me, it sounds to me like you're trying to create a company where people become better people just by virtue of being at Selen. And um, as those of you who have been here for a little while or a long while here at Selen, you know, I have used those words repeatedly because they really resonated with me. And um, it, they they really got to the heart of what I really did want to try to achieve as CEO, just create a company where people become a better person just by virtue of being here. 
um, not just in their work life, but in their whole life and in their community and in their family. And all of that work is really rooted in servant leadership and our adoption of a different leadership philosophy here. Um, and we've been on that journey for a while. We've shared the James Autry's book, Servant, The Servant Leader, um, early on, and we've done a, a number of things since then. But we're trying to continue that conversation um, through this video series and wanted to have the opportunity for all of you to get to hear from Howard on sort of his journey on servant leadership and some of the ways it's influenced his career when he was at Starbucks. And so that's what we're, that's what this first kickoff interview is all about. And Howard, again, thank you for joining us. I'm just so psyched that you're here. Maybe you could give us a quick, really brief overview of your career for those of you, for those who haven't followed as closely as I have, um, just a little background on, on your time at Starbucks and anything else you'd like to share. First of all, thanks, Scott, for including me in this We've had, we've had a great relationship, and I've always enjoyed our conversations about leadership and particularly about servant leadership. So you're looking at a guy that barely got out of high school, had a couple of years of community college, and, and went to work. And fortunately, I ran into somebody that questioned what I was trying to do, and, and he was the one that introduced me to the concepts of servant leadership. And it was a guy that you know and, and a guy that your dad knew, uh, Jim Jensen. So that began the journey in the 70s. And he gave me this little booklet by Robert Greenleaf, who was the, really the uh, person who created the term servant leadership. And it was a book called The, the Leader as Servant. It, uh, it, it really forced me to take a look at myself in my mid-20s and to decide who I wanted to be. And that began the journey of trying to become what I call a conscious competent at servant leadership. I wanted to understand it. And I wanted to be able to teach it. So that's what I've done really for the last uh, over 50 years. I'm still learning about it every day. I still, you know, I don't have an organization to lead, but I do have myself to lead. And the most important and most difficult person you're ever going to have to lead in your life is yourself. So I continue to work on that. When you think about growing up or early in your career, um, did you have an experience that um, really illuminated the the power and the difference of a servant leadership philosophy or style that that had an, that had impacted you early on. Well, I didn't understand. I mean, the, the word servant leadership or servant leader as leader didn't come into my vernacular until I was in my late twenties. But when I was about eight or nine years old, my dad had a small mom and pop grocery store by the University of Washington. One day, I was standing at the counter after school. My dad was ringing up a customer. These are the days before electronic. Uh, register. So there was a hand crank and it would go bing every time he punched something in, you know, head of lettuce, pulled the crank, bing, it went. And so my dad asked me to go get some bananas. So I went back and I got them and I brought them up and the customer was at the counter. My dad took the fruit and put it in the bag and the customer walked out. Well, I was old enough to recognize at the time that that he hadn't rung them up on the cash register. And so I said, dad, you forgot to ring those up on the cash register. And he just looked at me and he said, Howard, not everything we do in life do we need to get paid for. Sometimes you do things just because it's the right thing to do. And he said, these people are not are just our customers. They're our neighbors and our friends. And, you know, I didn't realize it at the time how important that little lesson was. But that was really the first lesson that I can remember in the context of servant leadership, even though I didn't know what it meant. You know, it meant giving, helping people out when they need help. Uh, helping them be better human beings, helping them grow. And when they're struggling with something, being there for them. And, 
And I never forgot that little story, and, but I didn't realize how, much, how important it was until, again, I was really in my mid to late 20s. We, we talk a lot about, you know, the, the doing of the leader around here, but servant leadership is really about the being of the leader. And, and James' book talks about the five ways of being, being authentic and vulnerable and accepting and being present and being useful. You think of those five ways of being, is there, are those that stick out to you that you've been, you found to be most um, important or impactful in your servant leader journey? I think the most important ones are being truthful, authentic, vulnerable. Uh, you know, those are the ones that really strike home for me. We need to be who we are. We need to be able to wear what I call one hat. And I'm not talking about the hats that we wear and the roles that we play, but the hat that we wear that it says who we are, what our values are, how we want to live, want to be authentic, want to be vulnerable, how we want to, how we want to treat other people. And, and that hat needs to be thought through. It needs to be written down. It just doesn't happen. Most of us just live our lives floating through doing what we're going to do, but we really never think clearly about what our values are, how we want to live our life, how we want to, what we want to leave behind, you know, and how we want to treat others and how we want to treat ourselves. And so I believe that you've got to do that work. You've got to take the time to figure out what are your core values in life. And the goal is to get it down to eight to 10 core values. Those eight to 10 core values really define who you are as a person and how you want to live your life. So my first core value is honesty. So once you say this is the word, then you got to turn it into action. The way you turn it into action is by defining what honesty means to you. What would you tell a white lie about? What wouldn't you tell a lie, a lie about? Would you never tell a lie? Define it for yourself. So what, what that word means to you. Because values are only words and they turn, until they turn into decisions and actions. So if you say, I want to be an authentic person, what does that mean to you? What, write a couple of sentences about what authenticity means to you. I have a piece of paper, a document that is a Howard and 50 words or less. Starts with my core values or starts with my mission statement, which is to nurture and inspire the human spirit every day, beginning with myself first and then for others. And then, then my core values and then how I want to do everything, what I call my six Bs. And that's how I live my life. And those things inform the decisions and actions I make every day, no matter what. That's awesome, Howard. You mentioned earlier, you know, the hardest, the hardest part of leadership is leading yourself. And it starts with that, that authenticity, right? Knowing yourself well enough to, to understand who you are, what makes you tick, what motivates you um, to make sure that you're living a, a genuine and authentic life and that you're showing up as your true self. Because people, people can tell if that's true or not. And you need to you need to be first leading yourself in, a, around a life that matters to you, um, and hopefully that includes you know your willingness and ability to connect with others and and really be in service to others and help them be their best. We defined our servant leadership here as our role as leaders and its leaders across our company is to help the people on their team become the most effective and impactful people they can be in, in not just in their work life, but in their whole life. And in order to do that, we as leaders have the responsibility to build a high trust relationship with the people we are leading so that we know what matters to them and um, how we can help them be most effective and impactful. What would you say is a common myth about servant leadership? Anything that you've learned over the years, people's perception of servant leadership versus the reality of servant leadership? 
Well, first of all, people think it's mushy. It's soft stuff. It's the soft stuff. At its core, servant leadership is about performance. People think, well, it's just patting people on the back and saying nice things to them. That's not what it is. You, you look, the three responsibilities of a leader, one, to help your people grow as human beings, which you've talked about. The second one is to help your people grow as professionals. And the third one is to help your people achieve their own personal goals. And you have to do all three things to be a servant leader. And to help people achieve their own, their, to grow as, as uh, to per, grow personally, there's accountability in that. When you make a commitment to be an authentic person, that's to grow as a human being. Then you need to practice the, 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 uh, the things that make you an authentic person. When you say you're going to help people uh, uh, be great, better professionals, that means that you have to hold them accountable for the work that they do. That, and you're there to help them when they need help but still there's accountability. The final one to help your people achieve their own personal goals. Well, you know, like I, I, I like to say is if you don't know where you're going, any path will get you there. So help your people develop a personal plan of the goals they want to achieve and then, and then help them help hold themselves accountable to those goals. You've lived your life in many ways in, in service to others. Why has that resonated for you? And what does it look like in daily practice when you think about your time at Starbucks or just the way you lead your life? What, what is it about serving others and being in service to others that, that, that motivates you? Well, first of all, that's our only reason all of us are put on this earth is to serve other, help serve other people to serve other people. I don't care what your job is. I don't care what your title is, doctor, lawyer, fire chief, widget maker. It doesn't make any difference, uh, you know, what what your role is in life. You're here to serve another human being. Because when we do that, and we do that well, first of all, we build better homes, better families. Because this is not just about work, by the way. This is, this is, is equally, if not more important in your families, to help your kids grow, to to help your significant other achieve their goals and to support them in their journeys. You know, it all begins there. And then it goes into our work life and the rest of our life. My greater purpose in life really is to serve other human beings in whatever way I can. And sometimes it's just picking up a piece of paper off the street and putting it in a garbage can. Sometimes it's doing what we're doing today. Sometimes it's to helping a young person in high school or college, you know, figure out some of their life problems. It doesn't make any difference what it is. I, I'm, I want to be here for other people. You know, everybody's different and everybody has different needs. And so you have to have the kind of antenna that are hiding in there up to understand what other people need. The way I would describe this to you is you go home at night. If you've been married for, for a number of years, like I have, I've been married for 47 years. But even if you've only been married for five years, you can walk in the front door and your significant other doesn't have to tell you how they're feeling. You know, right? Right away, you know. I know when my wife has had a good day, when she, she doesn't have to say a word. I already know where she is for that day. And, you know, that's what you need to be with other people. And that is the consummate service to others, is having enough empathy to understand where other people are. So many people have benefited from your passion around that, including me. So, again, I'm so grateful for your willingness to serve as a mentor to me early on in our, in our long friendship around this and our continuing conversations around 
how to make this alive in an organization. And you had the passion yourself personally, but then you're in the in the midst of this giant organization called Starbucks that's known around the world. And what did it look like in practice to try to instill in the culture of Starbucks servant leadership? What, what were the kind of the blocking and tackling things that you were able to kind of get going there um, on such a large scale? Well, first of all, you had to help the people start to believe of what it was about and why it was in their interest to look at it. My goal was to develop a vocabulary that everybody understood and everybody related to. And so words mattered. And so we would, you know, as we talked about servant leadership, everybody, after a while, everybody understood what that meant. It was about how you treat yourself and how you treat others and how you support others. And that had to be driven through the whole organization. Now we opened stores while I was there in 57 countries. Now, people would say, well, how do you do that? You're in all different cultures. But you know what I found after doing that? That for, I don't, It doesn't matter uh, where you go in the world. People are pretty much the same. They all want to love and be loved. They all want to grow as human beings. They all want to be treated with respect and dignity. They all want more for themselves and for their families. And no matter what language they spoke, what the color of their skin is, what religion they practice, what kind of food they ate, it was the same. And so they all re they related to servant leadership. Now, I couldn't speak all those languages, but I had interpretation. And it was how I acted with them when I would go to visit, I'd be there. And I, I was a servant leader no matter where I went. And even places that, you know, tended to be more autocratic in nature, Starbucks wasn't going to be that way. And so we had to be us within the culture of the country. And that's what we did. When you saw it catching on, what did it feel like for you personally? It felt like I had won the national championship in football. I mean, it, it felt so good to see it in action, you know, because I wasn't doing it. They were doing it. Uh, you know, I watch it today. I'm still, I'm not, I haven't worked at Starbucks for 10 to 12 years, but I watch it all the time. I'm in the stores all the time. And I, I still talk to people at Starbucks about it. I still reinforce it. I will never let go. As long as I'm on this work, earth, Starbucks people are going to be hearing about it from me. And, uh, because I think it's the key to the success. And when we haven't done it, we paid the price. There are a lot of current and future leaders at Selen um, who will be watching this series. And what, what advice do you have for us, for them, um, as, as we continue to you know, kind of push forward with this notion and this, this style of leadership? You don't want to, as I say, if, if, if you don't know where you're going, any path will get you there. You don't want to end up at 79 or 80 years old and say, what the hell happened? Yeah. Right. You want to be that and say, did I get accomplish everything I wanted to know? But I live I, I live my life with a plan and I execute the plan to the best of my ability. So that means you have to live your life with intention. That means you have to lead with intention. Who do you want to be? What kind of leader do you want to be recognized as? What do you, how do you want to be thought of as a leader, right? I mean, some people just, you know, want to be thought of as autocratic leaders. If they got the job done, they had the whip, they, you know, they got people to perform, they put, you know, that's not me. But so decide who you want to be that fits within, within selling and make sure that your values align with selling's values. They don't have to be exactly the same. And never exactly the same, but that means selling has its values written down, then you need to have your own values written down. Don't go through your life without having identified your core eight to 10 core values and what those mean to you. And have a mission statement for yourself. 
for your life. Like I said, my mission is to nurture and inspire the human spirit every day, beginning with myself first. What's your mission in life, right? What What is it that you want to leave behind? When you find yourself not being vulnerable or not being truthful or authentic, stop and say, where am I? And then own the mistake. Say, I'm sorry about that. You know, I own that. And when you do that, you know, you start to feel better about yourself. The people that you work with respect you. They know they know who you are and how you're going to act and how you're going to behave and that, that you will treat them with kindness and respect and have empathy for them. And so I just believe writing everything down, have a plan. You know, you don't build those big buildings by saying, well, let's see. Maybe we'll do this. Maybe we'll put the bathroom there. Maybe we'll, how about the elevators? No, I don't like the elevators. Well, you don't do that. There's no sure. difference between building a life and building a building. Have a plan. I love it. Thank you, Howard. We talk a lot about our purpose here. We went through a big process um, a number of years ago. And our purpose is to improve the lives of those around us as builders, partners, and neighbors. And that's been um, something that we've used a lot internally, not just in something that sits on the wall, but really it's guided the way we make decisions in the company um, and the way we try to live as as leaders at, at, at Selen. And I think it's really valuable for people to think about designing and writing down their own purpose statement. What is it? Um, what is it for them um, so that they they don't lose track and they don't lose their way as they, as they charge ahead. So awesome lessons, Howard. Can't thank you enough. I think We'll uh, we'll bring this to a close. And it could go on for hours, but I'm just so grateful for your willingness to take some time with us and share your story around leadership. Uh, and um, I can just thank you on behalf of all of the folks at Selwyn for taking this time with us today. Well, Scott, thank you for including me. And go dogs! <laughs> go dogs! I love it.